Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Writer Gloria Schur-Bilchik spent more than a year observing the St. Louis County Board of Elections. It's Missouri's biggest elections operation, 750,000 registered voters, 400 polling places, and 3,000 Election Day workers. It's a bustling, busy setup. And that's true not just on days like today, where the polls are open. And how they do it and how they pull off these elections is the subject of Gloria Schur-Bilchik's first book, Election Insiders, Behind the scenes with the people who make your vote count. And she joins us today to talk about what she learned. So Gloria Sherbilchik, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You write in your book that election officials' least favorite question is also the one they get asked the most. That question is, what do you do the other 364 days of the year? Did you find yourself surprised by just how much work goes on year-round? Oh, absolutely. Um, Every election is is just a dress rehearsal for the next one, and as soon as they finish one election, they are on their on their way to the next one. I mean, it's an endless cycle of processing voter registrations and making arrangements for polling places, um, drawing maps, answering voters' questions, keeping track of expenditures, packing and unpacking election day materials. Um, one of the things that they'll be doing after today, for example, is they'll just be unrolling and re-rolling miles and miles of electrical extension cords. <laughs> and this just goes on all the time between all elections. So, no, it never ends. And it's fascinating just how much um, logistics go into the physical machines, trying to get them to where they need to be. And as you say, rolling up these cords, it, it sounds like this is a process that they're going to be busy with for days to come. Absolutely. The warehouse is the warehouse is an operation that I had no awareness of whatsoever until they took me back there. And it's a it's sort of a military operation back there. I mean, they have to figure out there's a whole sequence for rolling everything out and rolling everything back in and and getting getting the equipment out to the election to the polling places and securing the stuff out there at the polling places and then picking it up. It takes it takes about six days to get all the equipment out to the polling places and then another six days to get it back. Hmm. So it's just endless. Now, you began researching this book before any of us were thinking about COVID-19, but the disease rears its head at the end. And I know you've stayed on the story even since then. The pandemic seems like it's brought such a complication to what's already a stressful job. Did you get the sense heading into this morning that St. Louis County was fully prepared for just all the complexities that this has added? Well, I think it's been a, a constantly evolving story. My my book ends uh, with the the March primary, and COVID had just begun to impact everybody then. And literally, Missouri was very lucky that they had their their uh, primary in March when they did, because about four days after the primary, everything started shutting down. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was pretty crazy. And then things have just kept changing ever since then. You know, as of last week, I uh, they had uh, uh, more than 100 people canceled to be poll workers for today. And then this morning, I'm told, uh, they started the day with uh, 60 less people than they needed. Oh, and wow. And they had to scramble the rest of the day. They, were, they told me they were... Um, triaging, they were triaging the polling places. In other words, the normal complement at a polling place is six to eight poll workers. But since they were down so many and continued to have cancellations early this morning, 
they started triaging, meaning they took the polling places that had the most potential voters, kept them at their normal six to eight poll worker level, and then the places that had less potential voters, they would just they skinnied it down to six or seven. Wow. And these people that so were been calling juggling off, all day. you said, you know, 60 even beyond what they had known going into the day uh, that they yes. were down. Were these people who were coming down with symptoms didn't want to infect others? Or, or is this possibly even not related to the coronavirus? Uh, no, I think it's definitely related to corona. I, I was I was in head, at election headquarters for the March election when this first started. And I was there at, you know, five o'clock in the morning, and that was when the calls started coming in, and it was all fear of coronavirus, hmm. you know, all of it, and not even people who had it, just they were afraid, and they didn't want to be exposed to the general public, and they didn't want to be exposed to other poll workers, and they were not sure. I mean, the, the St. Louis County Board of Elections has done a really intense job of trying to put in all the protections they possibly can, um, but, you know, people are still scared. And, you know, there's always reports of people who are not wearing masks. Now, uh, you may have heard this, that last week the order came down from the from the commissioners that they wanted to make sure that nobody walked in without a mask. And so on the spot, starting last Monday, literally one week before the election, they had to hire 200 people to stand outside the polls to be what they call door monitors or safety inspectors or some name like that where their whole job was to stand outside and if someone came in without a mask to say, you're required to wear a mask, here's a mask. Hmm. So that's 200 and additional workers on top of what they normally have to find to staff these polling places. Exactly. And they were they were paying the workers. They paid, they're paying them $125 to work from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. today. And they did manage to get 150 of them. So that was good. But these are just the kinds of rolling problems that COVID has caused in the election world, and it's definitely not over. We're talking to author Gloria Schur-Bilchik, who has described herself to me as an observer with opinion. She might not be an expert just yet, but man, is she getting close. And she is willing today to take your questions. If you have any things you've been wondering about when it comes to the Board of Elections, you can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air, or you can email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. And Gloria, I wanted to ask you about, you explore in this book a technology decision that St. Louis County made that is paying dividends today. What is ballot-on-demand voting, and how did St. Louis County end up getting it? Well, 2019 was a huge year for buying new equipment all over the country. You know, there there are 8,000 uh, election jurisdictions in the United States. St. Louis County just happens to be one of the bigger ones hmm. in the top 25 uh, in terms of size. But the problems and the challenges that you see in St. Louis County are the same as every place else. You know, they're searching for the holy grail of elections, which is to run a flawless election and to get it right. But last year, everybody realized that their equipment was getting old and breaking down and had, it was developing a reputation for not being reliable. Hmm. And so St. Louis County last year embarked on a... Uh, a quest for new equipment and they knew they you know they knew they needed something for 2020 because 2020 is obviously a huge election year mm -hmm. so they had been using the you know the touch screens that people are familiar with and they started searching for new stuff and they landed on this thing called ballot on demand which basically is a paper ballot system which pr prints an individual ballot for each person right there on the spot hmm. 
And that, you know, there's a lot of clamor for paper ballots. And sure enough, they, they ended up with a paper ballot system. And not every jurisdiction did that, by the way. But the big payoff right now is that with COVID and with not enough people to work the polls, this year, they, this election, they are able to allow anybody to vote at any polling place because they can print out your ballot no matter where you live. That seems like a huge advantage right now. If you're looking for, say, a less crowded polling place or you just want to go to something that's convenient to where you're working, uh, you could yes. just show up anywhere and they can print the exact right ballot. Yes, that that's most important in municipal elections because you vote on the issues that are pertinent to where you live. So, you know, you might live in North County and be voting on on a proposition in Berkeley, but and in the past that was the only place you could vote on it because that was the only place that had the ballot that pertained to where you live. Now, with ballot on demand, if you live in Berkeley but you work in Afton and it's closer to you during the day, election day to vote in Afton, you can go to Afton and say, "Can I vote here?" and they can say, "Yes, you can." And they can print out the ballot that's pertinent to Berkeley. It seems like a, a great development. I'm certainly seeing a lot of good chatter about it online. And, and so that's great to see that foresight that, that went into this. Um, Gloria, we do have some people with some questions for you. I'm going to go to the phone lines. Uh, Cindy is calling from St. Louis. Um, Cindy, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, um, thank you. I first want to clarify, I'm calling from the city, and I believe you were talking about uh, county um, elections. But I just wanted to share that I had volunteered to be a poll worker in the city of St. Louis, as I, I know there's concern that there wouldn't be enough. Mm-hmm. And my, the reply I got back via email was that they had plenty of Democrats um, and that if I wanted to change my party affiliation to independent, then I could be utilized as a poll worker. And I chose not to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I just I kind of don't know what the rules are. And I thought that that was very interesting that in this time of COVID. Yeah. We're not taking all the workers we can get. Cindy, I think that's a great question. And I know Gloria did uh, uh, tackle this issue of the partisan affiliation in her book. So Gloria, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on, on why they're asking what seems like a kind of invasive question. Well, by by law in, in St. Louis County and in many other large jurisdictions, everything has to be bipartisan. You have to have a Republican and a Democrat for everything. And as I say in the book, uh, Eric Fay, the Democratic director, director at St. Louis uh, County, said, you know, you need a Democrat and a Republican to get into the tabulation room where they count the votes. You need a Democrat and a Republican to initial every ballot as it is cast. You need a Democrat and a Republican to do almost anything. And as he said, the only thing you can do around the St. Louis County headquarters that is not bipartisan is go to the bathroom. <laughs> So, yes, they I mean, the bipartisan is really, really important. Not every jurisdiction is able to achieve bipartisanship. You can imagine there are some very small jurisdictions in very small towns where where everybody seems to be part of one party. And so they have a terrible time finding enough people. But, under you know, in sorry, go ahead, Gloria. Go ahead. And and, I mean, there are just some places where, where it's a dream to be able to have bipartisan balance in your election you know, and the, in the city of St. Louis, you know, the demographics are such, the political demographics are such that there are a lot more Democrats than there are Republicans. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way it is. And under state law, that's something where they're kind of hamstrung. They need to be finding um, uh, Republicans to fill those spots if they want to do the election uh, according to the rules. Right. Let's go back to the phone line. Cindy, thank you for that question. Um, Jim is calling from North St. Louis County. Um, Jim, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. 
Hi. I was just wondering why people can't just vote online, sort of similar to online banking and uh, from their home and use your home computer. And if they don't have one, maybe just go to a county library or some library and, you know, and yeah. get a PIN number. And, Jim, that you know, does sound question. lovely. Um, but I imagine, Gloria, some of the things you've learned uh, might suggest the answer to that. Uh, what, what would you say? Well, I am not, as I've said, I'm not an expert on, on the, technical, the, the technology, but I can tell you that election officials to whom I have spoken are just not confident of the security of online voting yet. We're just not there yet. And, you know, the security people are very concerned that their votes aren't changed and that, you know, the person who says they're voting is really the person who's voting and that there's some kind of a paper trail involved in everything that you do. And at this point, there's just not a lot of confidence in election world that online voting is secure enough. Hmm. Gloria, we also have a question from our Facebook page. This comes from Sarah, who asks, are there effective ways to recruit younger poll workers? I'm wondering, Gloria, if that was ever a discussion or a concern um, as you observed what was happening in St. Louis County. Well, a lot of people are horrified when they see the age of the people who are doing the poll working. And I am in that age demographic, so I can I can talk about that. Um, <laughs> you know, most of the people who are doing the poll working are retired because it's generally a work day and most people can't get off work for a 14 hour shift. Mm -hmm. So yes, the, the, the uh, demographics of poll workers all over the country skews older. And you know, that some, some older people are more comfortable with technology than others. And so that has become more of a factor as, as, as electronic voting has become more, more mainstream. Hmm. But getting younger people, I mean, they are, everybody is constantly scrambling to get younger people. You know, they, they recruit in the high schools. If you're 16 years old in Missouri, you can help at the polls. You can't be an official poll worker. But it, it's a challenge. It's a definite challenge. And there, there is, you know, there's always the discussion about whether Election Day should be a national holiday or a city holiday, a municipal holiday, a state holiday. And that is a that's an ongoing discussion. There's a there's a thought that if you made election day a holiday, a working holiday, um, you would get more young people, people mm -hmm. who are working in banks and people who are working, you know, as accountants and people who are, you know, teachers and stuff like that. But it's not universally accepted that election day should be a holiday. So we're not there yet either. You also now, I don't know the answer to getting younger people. The the pay is somewhat you know, somewhat crappy, honestly. How much are they getting for that? You said it's like a 14-hour shift? Yeah, you have to be there at uh, 5 o'clock in the morning, Ooh. and you have to stay till the till the last dog dies at, you know, at 7 o'clock p.m., and, and you, pack everything, you pack everything up. So I think the pay now is approaching $200. I don't know exactly what they're paying today, but, you know, do the math. $200 for a 14-hour shift is, you know, you're not going to get rich doing that. Yeah, it seems like there's there's some reasons that our retirees are, are taking one for the team on that, and and we are grateful to them for doing it. Um, you talked to. Uh, so let me just let me let me add one more thing though. Sure. Even though people are concerned that it's older, you know, older people, you know, boomers, <laughs> the people who do this work, and that's really what my book is about. The people who do the work behind the scenes really are trying to do the job right. They're not just there for the paycheck, and they're not just there. They're certainly not there for the glory because there is no glory involved. 
you know, they are really trying to do this right. And you see that whenever you meet anybody behind the scenes. They really care about the work. And some of the reasons that some of the people are so old is because they've been doing it for so long. They just come back year after year, election after election, because they love doing it. And it's a it's a civic duty that they really enjoy uh, performing. And so, you know, we need to give people credit for that and just not complain about how old they are. And you did, you had a wonderful anecdote in this book um, where you wrote about how some of these people serve at the same locations every year, and some of them have gotten to be so friendly that at one point they were hosting such elaborate barbecues, sort of back set, backstage, so to speak, that they almost had to get reprimanded for, you probably shouldn't be doing that. But I love the idea of this is this is Republicans and Democrats coming together and sort of uniting over this job that doesn't pay very well. Did you come away with, with almost a tear in your eye thinking about just how hard people are working to make our democracy work. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I want to say that um, with all the interviews and all the conversations and all the observations and all the experience, experiential research that I did, I honestly could never tell who was a Democrat and who was a Republican. Hmm. And we live in a very hyper-political time, as everybody knows. And we all wear our we all wear our political beliefs on our sleeves, and it's pretty obvious. And you I literally could not tell. I still don't know. You know, there's there's about 65 full-time workers at, at uh, St. Louis County. And I still can't tell you. If someone asked me, well, is she a Democrat or Republican? I have no idea. Hmm. And, and they just check their political identities at the door. But did I have a tear in my eye? It, it is quite touching to see how, how committed people are to the job. Uh, there's one... One uh, gentleman who works uh, at the Board of Elections, and he—he's retirement age. He could definitely be retiring. He's got his—he's got his time in. And when I talked to him, I said, "So, are you thinking of retiring?" And he said, "You know, I could, but I just want to do one more presidential." I, I just thought that was so charming. He just loves it so much. They like the high energy. They like being part of, you know, the democratic system. And and it is—it is quite. Um, impressive to hear that. It sounds like this work almost gets in their blood. And in some ways, it's such a thankless job. You're dealing with so many um, crabby people all day long. And yet there must be something about it where they're just they're reminded that uh, this is democracy. Absolutely. It's it's you just can't help notice how, how committed they are. Well, and this book, it's its just a great book for people who've ever wondered about what their poll workers are up to, what goes on behind the scenes. Uh, Gloria Schur-Bilchik has given us just this detail, and it, it's written in such a such a charming way, and also just it doesn't feel like a heavy read at all. Uh, it's a true joy to read. This book is called Election Insiders, Behind the Scenes with the People Who Make Your Vote Count. And I want to thank Gloria Schur-Bilchik uh, for joining us today. Thank you, Gloria. Thank you for having me. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.